It is practice of learning how to trust someone. It's practice of learning how to strip all of your layers of your ego, of your clothes. This is episode 11 with professional dominatrix, Colette Pervet. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here we go. Alan Alda once said, Your assumptions are your windows to the world. Scrub them off every once in a while or the light won't come in. With that in mind, I have one question for you. What do you imagine when you think of a dominatrix? I don't know about you, but I don't immediately think of a former elementary school teacher who got her PhD in education from Berkeley and writes a popular blog around spiritual and personal growth. After all, those aren't the kinds of details we've been told around people who pursue sex work. But that's exactly what I discovered when I met Colette Pervet, a professional dominatrix and educatrix who has dedicated her life to dispelling assumptions around sexuality, identity, and the human condition. In this episode of Touchpoint, she walks me through what would be my first consultation as a new client. She challenges many of my assumptions around things like getting kinky, sex work, and fantasies, and ultimately draws a profound parallel between Buddhism and her work with BDSM. So with an open mind and an open heart, I hope you enjoy this fun, funny, an empowering conversation. Hi, Colette. Hello. Colette, I'm so happy you're here. I, you know, I was introduced to you um, by a dear friend who told me there was a dominatrix that I had to meet. Is that what you go by? Is that your title? How do you tell us how you identify? Um, yeah, I go by dominatrix. And lately I've been kind of been also calling myself an educatrix did you say an educatrix uh-huh. okay and what is an educatrix well i got my phd in education and i've been a dominatrix for 14 years and and before i never really saw the two career paths merging because i worked with children in academia but um what what kind of what age children were you working with like second third graders i was my area of focus was um in conceptual change and misconceptions so i looked at children's misconceptions in science as a way to understand how to promote conceptual change because that's what science learning is it's about dispelling the misconceptions that you have and I realize that this is actually what I'm supposed to do. I'm here to dispel misconceptions about the things that are taboo, such as BDSM, sex, sex work, drugs, spirituality. What does a session look like? <laughs> a session varies from w one person to another, but it always begins with a negotiation. We sit down, we have a conversation, and... It's getting to know our interests, our limits, um, establishing the safe word, and... All right, let's do it right now. Okay. 
I mean, let's yeah. just have the conversation. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so walk me through this. We sit down. Here I am. And so, so have you done anything like this before? Uh, no. No. Never. Never. No, I've I've never, I've never been with a dominatrix before. Have you done anything kinky before? What does kinky mean? Um, I guess anything that's beyond. I had a partner once who liked to stick uh, their tongue in my ear, and I thought that was super kinky. And that's pretty kinky. I didn't like it. You didn't. No. What about did you have you done anything where you were tied up or you tied somebody up? No. No blindfolds, spanking. No. No. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. Nothing. I'm like the most vanilla person. You know, one time, like years ago, you know, after I started Touchpoint, people were talking about, you know, they talked about, you know, using restraints and blindfolds, and I thought that that was really sexy. Yeah. Um, I had never tried it. I think it was way beyond my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I talked to my partner at the time. I, you know, we talked about exploring that. We did. I don't think either of us thought it was so great. Yeah. I also don't know if we knew how to do it the right way. Mm. I feel like there's a like a real right, savvy, sexy, smart, sophisticated way <laughs> to do it. And I don't think we nailed that. I think it was a little clumsy and funny. Well, that's usually how the it was more farcical than it was fantastic. Let's mm, put it that way. Okay. You know. Right. So that's really my experience. You know, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Have you have you had any fantasies that were <sighs> kinky? I you know I don't I don't like I don't like have that's the thing is that <laughs> you know it's funny people people share so many fantastic things at at Touchpoint they've got such imaginations around their sexuality yeah and I think that like. A lot of that stuff just doesn't really totally turn me on. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like really excited by that. I hear it and I'm like, that sounds amazing. But there's just something, I guess it's just like the hopeless romantic in me that like watched like La Bamba when I was a little boy. <laughs> yeah. And like Richie Valens is in love with Donna and he sings that song. Oh, Donna. Oh, and I'm like, that's what I want in my life. That's that's awesome. I know, and I meet people, and they're really like much farther along in their sexual explorations than I've ever been or ever really even aspired to be. Yeah. But I think that it's exciting while I'm sitting here with you to like talk about like, okay, so like what, what do we do? Like, is this just totally not for me, or, or well, do you? Or is there something like that we got to bring out of me? Mm, it could be both. Okay, in your experience, have you had a me before? Or? Of course. Okay, so well, what do you do with me? Well, usually the people who come and seek me out have some fantasies and desires they want played out with the dominatrix. They've got clarity on that already. A little bit. And that's how they're, for those who've made it inside my dungeon, they kind of have. Did you say dungeon? Mm-hmm. Wait, it's called a dungeon. A dungeon. People go into your dungeon. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, what does a dungeon look like? It looks... Um, like, is it an apartment that you call a dungeon? No, it's a, like... It's a work, live, loft studio space, and it's, it's... Is it like a two-bedroom dungeon? <laughs> it's multi-leveled. It has multiple bedrooms. Wow. And But the large main room is the dungeon, and it has, like, really tall ceilings, exposed brick. It has a sliding metal door with a menacing sound, St. Andrew's cross, spanking bench, um, hoist, a padded wall, lots of bondage restraints. Wait, and, you, and you've been building this out for how long? Um, It's... It's actually been running since 2003, and it's 
been passed down by three generations of doms and when you say generations do you mean like literal generations um like not, like was this you know what i mean like we've had like three different owners and okay me and um my it's, business partner are like the third set of owners oh my god yeah. okay and what is their name for this dungeon valhalla studios Valhalla Studios. Mm-hmm. Is it on Google Maps? No, it's pretty discreet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I couldn't search for it and leave a review. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do, are you on Yelp? No. Why is that? Well, it's still a pretty underground gray area, and it's probably best just to keep it discreet. Yeah. Because of what we do, it's under, I guess, un. Yeah, it's a gray area. Do you take credit cards? No, just cash. It's all cash. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you have anybody that want? Do they prefer to pay in cash? Is it the kind of thing where your clients really don't want any record of this? Is it? It's probably best. Yeah, probably best. Yeah, it's just okay. Okay, all right. But you know, most like most of my colleagues and I, we try to like be as legit as possible. So we pay our taxes as a performance artist, a social rehabilitator, whatever it is. A social rehabilitator. Yeah. I love that. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is this type of work classified as sex work? Yes. It is classified mm-hmm. as sex work. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's helpful. Because sex work is like, you know, obviously it's become a very big topic right. as we have like uh, SESTA and FOSTA yeah. and these new internet mm-hmm. privacy rules. And, and so... Where do you advertise, if you do? Right. Um, the place I, that I used to advertise when I was kind of, right now I feel like I'm on this sabbatical, but before, and it's still operating, it's Eros Guide. Eros Guide, so yeah. like E-R-O-S Guide. Mm-hmm. Eros Guide. Okay, and what kind of stuff do I find on Eros Guide? You could find uh, people who are into BDSM, Tantra, escorts. It's pretty wide-ranging of all the various... How, how does Tantra fit into that? Because Tantra, to me, feels like it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's by definition, a very spiritual practice, right? Mm-hmm. Tantra is, you know... So, so how does that fit into the worlds of escorts and BDSM? I'm not exactly sure, but okay. I do have a friend who's a tantrika, and we've been talking about collaborating with BDSM and what tantra. Is a, what is a tantrika? It's someone I who's special. I ask because honestly, yeah. I mean, w- w- so many of us don't know. These yeah. are words that like yeah. we've just never heard, and now they're becoming, you know, in one way or another, part of our zeitgeist, part of our lexicon, and like it's a good thing to learn. Yeah, so yeah. What is a tantrika? I think it's a tantra practitioner. I'll dig it. And mm-hmm. is it that specifically a woman? Is it a female? Tantra, uh, like, could a man be a tantrika? Is a man a tantrico? I don't know. I'm using I'm like sure. very, you know, I'm using so. Latin or Spanish conjugations. So, right, I, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Maybe it's kind of like a dominatrix, where a dominatrix is a woman, right? Right. Yeah. Is there a male form of a dominatrix? There might be, but there not. There are not so many who are professionals. Right. And we, male. We, we call that Congress. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so. Um, all right, so now I'm in here where I, I, I want to bring it back to our negotiation. Yeah. So we're negotiating. You asked me if I have any real kinky fantasies. I didn't, I defined kinky as, I don't know, somebody put a tongue in my ear and it freaked me out. But now I'm here with you because I think I need to expand myself. Right. I want to grow. So I, what is it? Social rehabilitation? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm here for social rehabilitation. Good, good. That's my fantasy. I want to be socially rehabilitated. What do we do? 
So when you're typically in the bedroom having sex, do yeah. you feel like you're taking the charge? Are you leading? Always. 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 And th- that's kind of... And do you ever feel like, what would it feel like to just be led by a woman in control who's like calling the shots and being like, we're going to do this? Wow. What would this be? You, well, yeah. Sex to me is like breakfast. Like if I don't make it myself, then I'm probably not going to have any. But when you want to be served breakfast and be wowed by all the options that you didn't even know were possible. I want breakfast in bed. <laughs> yes. Okay. So here we are. Okay. So here we are. Yes. What you're saying sounds really attractive. Yeah. Okay. I love that. But wait, but do your clients have sex with you? No. Okay. So like yeah. that's a, okay. So that's a big difference. Right. It is okay. a big difference, but it is very, it's sexual without having sex. And so you're, what, yeah, I get that. this wh- conversation is sexual without having sex. Yeah. Okay. But in like a session, I think it's about expanding that repertoire of what, what turns you on because you know, what turns you on in the bedroom, in your own experiences. But here in this space, it's, it's the freedom to explore all these other things that you never thought you would ever be turned on by. You're right. like, holy fuck. I didn't know that you stepping on my chest would be so fucking hot. Wow. Is that right. like an option on the menu? Yeah. Trampling. Uh-huh. Wait, what was that? Trampling. Trampling. Uh-huh. Like the thing that happens to people at Walmart the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. But this is a way sexier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. That sounds, okay. Trampling. I mean, that sounds amazing. So wait, so there are people who come to you, but there are there people who come to you with a fully formed trampling fantasy. Oh yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Where did they learn about that? Did they already know that? Did somebody accidentally walk on them somewhere and they were like, oh my God, I'm aroused. How does that happen? There's so many ways in which one can, it could be exposure to something that they saw. It could be maybe an experience that they had in in their formative years of dating. Um, Yeah, it varies. Okay, so do you sit down and go through the menu with me? Well, before we even sit down, there is this like, exchange that happens via email someone writes to me and they're like hi i saw you on arrow's guide right. or, and i have these fantasies i've played twice before with a professional and this you know so i already have a sense of their history what they're into what they're not into before they come in but when we sit down it gets just even more intimate and in what we can how do you protect yourself because it sounds like the kind of thing where you're like really inviting monsters over to play in some sense, I potentially. Used, I used right? to think that before I got into it, I'm like, who are these people who would be into this? Yeah. And because, like, to be honest, I, I remember posting things on Craigslist selling furniture, and the people who came over, I was frightened for my life at some points. So yeah. I mean, what does this look like for you? For me, it's actually been surprisingly. Um, really really positive just constantly this is the dispelling the misconceptions yeah. right for me That's i always thought that there were freaks and they were kind of crazy i'm like who are the people who'd be into this but when what happens is when i sit down and talk to them i'm like oh they're normal people just like me just like you and they have this thing they want to explore this little kinky thing that that they know that most people aren't into, but with somebody whom they trust and is non-judgmental, they could share this secret, this fantasy with her. And they know that she is listening, she is accepting you, and she also wants to play with you. And what I found is that all the people that I've played with are actually the most sweetest people I've ever met. Wow. And most of them are my friends. And for me, it's oh, like- Oh, really? 
you've developed actual relationships with Mm -hmm. them outside of being their educatrix dominatrix Mm -hmm. we still have to go deeper into those two words yeah yeah i feel like every time that i see them it just feels like seeing a friend we catch up we talk we have intellectual conversations sometimes and then we play wow and you call it play I, I see it as play. That's the word, though. Like, we're going to play in, in a session. How much does a session cost? It varies from, um, it, like, right now my rate is 600 per hour. But, it, you know, starting out. That's a lot of money. It is a lot. Way to go. <laughs> Colette. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what I found is that this is why I love what I do. It's because I get to develop these meaningful relationships that are that just keep on continuing after like I have subs who've been with me for what'd you call them subs subs and that's short for submissives yeah short for submissives and are are you oh okay because you're always the dom right does anybody have a fantasy of being the dom um they wouldn't really see me who would they see in that case they would probably see a professional sub Oh, there are subs? What are those called? Sublimatrixes? (laughs) Submatrixes? I think they're just like subs. Submarines? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why? You just go see a sub, a Mm -hmm. professional sub. Are there professional subs? There are, but they're pretty rare because that's kind of more dangerous. They're like the unicorns. Mm -hmm. Finding a professional sub. Wait. Okay. So let's go back into my consultation. So we've been emailing (laughs) back and forth. Yeah. You know I'm not weird because you <laughs> trust in the universe. So we have a great conversation. But even if you are weird, I would love that. Well, we're all super weird, yeah. right? I mean, honestly, Touchpoint has, if there's anything I've learned from this experience, it's that we're all super weird and we're all fine, mm-hmm. right? Right. And we talked about that earlier. Um, but so we have the conversation and now I'm here. Yeah. And wh- what's, what else is covered over email? Um. Pretty much just interests, past experiences, limits. What are l- limits or like boundaries? We yep. have hard limits and mm-hmm. soft limits, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so hard limits, hard limits are um, like non-negotiable. Like there's right. no way we can do that. Mm-hmm. Soft limits are like maybe if you warm me up, I might be able to do that. Ask me. Yeah, or like things I haven't done, but I'm curious about would maybe want to explore under the right conditions. Have you ever had somebody who's wanted to do something that you yourself, it was way beyond your comfort zone, and then you pushed your limit and you did it? Um, I, I'm sure I have. I'm trying to think. I think starting out, that was, um, yeah, I started out at a professional house of domination called The Gates. And how you had to start out was that the first six months, you had to be a switch. A switch is somebody who's both a sub and a dom? Right. Okay. And... It's amazing I, I know these things. Honestly, <laughs> I just know these things from people telling me. I'm the most vanilla guy. I'm, I'm, I'm uh-huh. a muggle, like I told you. <laughs> I, I know these things just because people like you tell me them. Thank God. Okay, so the yeah. gates. And so I learned about my boundaries and limits by just figuring out what um, there was a yes-no list. And you would kind of mark yes-no to things that you would um, do as a dom or a submissive. And I remember there was one that was like tickling. I was like, I don't know, would I be into being tickled? And I had a session as a sub being like tied up and tickled. 
And that was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst. It was torture. That it sounds was terrible. Insa- to it was insane. It I was mean, so I, wow, terrible. Being tickled like that would freak me out. It and you were tied awful. up. You couldn't move. You were just yeah. Had to take that was it. part of the. So what's your safe word in that situation? And, it was rad. Can yeah. you use your safe of word? Course. But yeah. do, can you do you use it frequently? Um, in that situation, I might have said yeah, yeah. I okay. might have just been like stop. Okay. I don't know. It was pretty. And so, yeah, you would kind of figure out what you were in, like into or not. I remember switching over from yes to no and mm-hmm. tickling. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, do you have the list? Can we go through it? Do you want to go oh, through that it with list me? Was so like I should create my own yes no list now because I want to do it. I honestly, yeah. I come to you, I come to you with no fantasies, <laughs> no. but I'm intrigued yeah. and I want to know well, what's on the menu. Okay. Why don't I just start throwing some things out? Let's and, do it. Okay. Okay. Are you into blind? Okay. Am Are I you open Ooh. to being blindfolded? Yes. Good. Are you open to being tied up lightly, just like wrists tied together? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you open to spanking? I don't know. Nobody's ever spanked me before. Really? I don't even think I was spanked as a child. I didn't really come from a spanking household. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So I don't know. That might be... Yes, under the right conditions, and you could say you're safe word if it doesn't feel comfortable. Okay, should I come up with my safe word now? Yeah, you should. Can a safe word, to sh- what are your recommendations on how to create a safe word? The standard is like red, and then you would say red to stop the session. Yellow would be like, let's stop this activity, but we could keep on moving through the session. Oh, there's actually gradients of safe yeah. words. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll stick with red. That feels good. Okay. Okay, so... so uh, so okay, so we were on a we were on a spanking. Spanking is yes. Light bondage. But there's a light bondage. Oh mm-hmm. right, because that bondage is another word for tying me up. Mm-hmm. Bondage sounds really like that. Sounds like a heavy word though. I know, and so I think I a feel lot like of the these Jews, like in ancient Egypt, were in bondage. It was a terrible thing. We've got all these holidays to celebrate the fact that we're no longer in bondage, and then people come to you and right. I'm here to dispel the misconceptions. Intense, See, know? this is what the my Bondage. work in misconceptions yeah. is about it's you have these mental models of what these words are right. you're like spanking you're like oh that sounds like painful right but what happens in the session is that you're like oh that was actually quite nice i didn't realize that would be nice to be spanked you really eased into it mm. and so this is the process of a session of dispelling the misconceptions you have around these ideas because it's shrouded in these imagery in these images that you have of like oh bondage slavery pain humiliation why would anybody want to be degraded pain and humiliation are on the menu yes wait people sign up for that yes they sign up for pain and humiliation yes all right so tell me about that what kind of pain what kind of pain it could be anything it could be um with a flogger whip Cattle prod. I don't think I'm in any of that oh, stuff. I know, I know. I think I'm, I'm going to skip pain. Well, this is the thing. I think that when I, when you ask, like, what kind of things. Do you like pain? I do, but it's, it's well, I love administering pain, but I don't really like receiving it. That, that, you know, that should be your new Instagram bio. <laughs> okay, uh, so wait. So you don't like receiving pain, but you have people who do like receiving pain. Yes. And they come to you and they give you $600 an hour. So mm-hmm. that you can give them an experience in which they can experience pain. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's the thing. And we do they have orgasms? They do. They do. Self-release. Is th- th- at the self-release. Yes. 
Are your clients mostly men? Mostly. Sometimes couples. Sometimes couples. Yeah. They go together. Mm-hmm. And do you, what do you, is one a sub and one is a dom and you sort of just like, mm-hmm. you're we like a director? Co, yeah, we could co-top the sub together. Co-top. Mm-hmm. Top is another word for dom. Yep. Man, this is amazing. I think Thank God you're here, Colette. <laughs> Honestly, this oh, is really, really, really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Are you having fun? Is this oh, good? Oh, yes, totally. Is this good for you? Yes. Are you open to continuing doing this? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you were talking about, like, why would someone pay somebody to experience pain, humiliation, degradation? Right. Degradation. Right? To be degraded, to right. be objectified is nothing. That's like, that's like, you know, that's like... Uh, what was Jana telling me about the other day? She was telling me about um, cuckolding. Mm-hmm. You know what cuckolding is? Oh, yeah. Is that a thing that you've experienced? Oh, yeah, that's a thing that I've done a lot. When, when, when you mean you've done, what does that mean? It means that I've had sex with somebody else in front of my sub, and they get to witness me being pleasured by another person. But your sub is not your partner, though. Um, because, no. well, because I thought that was the whole thing of cuckolding is, is watching. So for, for anybody at home who's never, you know, cuckold, cuckolding is where you, your partner has sex with somebody who's, who's in some way superior than you, I think is the concept is that this is a person who's far superior than you and they're having sex with your partner and your partner's loving it and you have to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you say you've been part of that. Yeah. Isn't it important that the person watching is your partner? No, they could be my sub. They could be my slave. I've had subs and slaves. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. What's the difference between a sub and a slave? A slave is someone who's like devoted. Like there's a contract sometimes that they've devoted their whole life to you. So this is like full on, twenty four seven. How many slaves do you have? I used to have like six slaves. Do you have to report that to the IRS? Is that on your taxes? No, they're Do you just get slaves. They're just slaves. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's, so there's no tax benefits to having slaves. No, there's no. Okay, okay, that's amazing. And wait, why, why would somebody want to be your slave? Because they just want their whole life to revolve around mine. They Isn't that just called a codependent partner? Yeah, and that's so, why I don't have many slaves So yeah, anymore. why do you want six of those? I I've had a few of those. I've been one. Yeah, there's a reason why I only have one slave now. Wait, you do have one slave. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. so why do you have the one slave? Because it's um, I've learned how to be fully myself in this relationship, and I'm not playing the role of just the mistress. And before, I felt like I always was doing that with my other slaves, and then I started really just coming out and being myself and kind of demystified the fantasy a little bit and mm. and now with my one slave he knows my real name he comes over to my house does my laundry fills up my hot tub he does like, he have sex with you no so w- what's in it for the slave he gets to bring pleasure to my life make my life easier takes me to the airport and back babysits my stuffed panda hold um, on he babysits a stuffed panda mm-hmm. what does that entail in it entails just babysitting my panda named Cutie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So so I feel like this could go on and on yeah, forever. Yeah, and we're running out of time. And honestly, right. I'm fascinated. I feel like I might need to have to do a second episode with you. So I know you're going to be in town like for a little I feel like we're just scratching the surface. We are just scratching the surface. I really we didn't, didn't know. didn't even go like 
beyond five right. minutes in right. a negotiation. We haven't even gone into the things and yeah. already my mind is blown and I'm sure others are too. So the one thing I guess I'm really curious about is like, you know, what what do you feel you, know, you said something to me earlier before we started recording that buddhism I, I had made a joke that you know people wanted to talk about bdsm and i thought they were talking about buddhism and you were like oh it's kind of like the same thing right what do you mean what do i mean yeah um, how is buddhism like bdsm well um i was <laughs> i think it's well you you know how when you spell out the letters of buddhism B-U-D-D-H-I-S-M. Yep. And then you start seeing the letters B. Yeah. D. Well, that was why I said it. So I right. thought they were talking about. Right, right. And I, I really do think that BDSM is Buddhism rehashed. And what you're experiencing in a session is everything that you're learning about life. Everything you're supposed to experience in life, you're, you're learning in real time, viscerally, somatically with your body. It is wow. practice of learning how to trust someone. It's practice of learning how to strip all of your layers of your ego, of your clothes. There's no lawyer, there's no doctor, there's no professor, there's no student, there's no son. There is just this, this. Wow. And this is, when stripped, you realize that you are nothing and you are everything that you can experience everything and what you're allowing is you're trusting someone to take you somewhere you've never been before and you're allowing them to push you and you're surrendering and you don't say oh i want more of this or i want more of that it's just i accept i take it i trust you and what they end up saying to me is i love you and that's what a bdsm session is it is it is giving in to life, giving in to love. It is the experience of love. And in love, you experience it all. You experience the heights of pleasure and the depths of it. You experience pain. You experience suffering. You experience humiliation. You experience degradation. That is love, too. You experience everything, and you're saying, give it to me. I accept. Thank you. I didn't think I could, but I did, and I'm stronger because of it. Thank you for breaking me down, putting me back together. Oh my God, I love you. And that's what you experience. Wow. Colette, you look like you're a little shaken up. <laughs> what are you feeling right now? I'm just feeling... That was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that was really heartfelt. Yeah. What, are you, what are you feeling right now? I, I'm just feeling... Uh, everything yeah. in that moment of just really kind of I think that's what I that's what I've been kind of realizing like why am I doing what I'm doing why do people see me yeah. what is this work what is this thing that makes you scratch your head and you're like why would someone want to experience this yeah. and it's just that what we've been conditioned to socially is to avoid all these things the things that hurt the things that are humiliating the things that are painful mm. but life is about experiencing it all mm. and finding a place a safe space to experience it and the more that we repress it and suppress it we find that it in it's toxic and it it comes out in ways that isn't healthy and to be able to let it all out, to express all these parts of yourself, all these emotions, and feel it in your body, in your emotions, and physically, mentally, let somebody take you somewhere. That's, that's what life is, to be able to not run away and say, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to learn about myself, mm. what I can take, what I can feel. And 
I know it's not going to be a cakewalk. I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be something I've never experienced before. And it scares me. It excites me. And it's going to show me something I didn't even know. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, Colette, you just basically blew my mind. Um, that was amazingly inspiring and thoughtful and insightful and so introspective and reflective. And, you know, the work that you're doing sounds incredible. And I really look forward to like learning more about all the things that you're doing. Um, where can people find more information about you? Um, right now I'm building a website called pervet.com and it's just at the very beginning stages of being built out. But, um, there, that's where I'm trying to tell my story and also hopefully share what I've learned in my journey of being a Dom. And, and yeah, that's kind of the place. To wow. Okay. Well, we'll mm-hmm. make sure pervet.com will include it in all the, all the places where people can find out more. Um, I really want to thank you so much for spending a little time with me and sharing all of these things. I mean, I have a million and one more questions, so maybe we'll do another episode with you too. I mean, we'll do part two with Colette. (laughs) This has been unbelievable. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And and, uh, as always, here we go. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day and we'll see you next week.